don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're talking about China, actually. It's been a little bit of a break. I have been trying to quit smoking. I was coughing a lot, having a lot of withdrawal symptoms, cravings. That's why I started strong in the new year and then took a break for a few weeks. But I am back, and we're here to talk about Chinese spy balloons. A lot of fun stuff out there. They did shoot it down today. What to talk about, how long it's been in the air, the fact that there has been several others. This is not new to the United States. This is repeated action by China, and we're going to take a look at that why we didn't shoot it down earlier, what capabilities does it have, does it not have, the fact that we're looking at so much more than just the news wanting to start nuclear war and all the wars and things going on and whether or not we're doing anything with China. So Chinese spy balloons, what are they here for? What are they looking for? Why might we have waited to shoot it down? What's really going on? What are the capabilities? What are the threats? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Greenland, Hiding in Plain Sight. You know, you try so hard to do this. I, some of you are realizing that intro was recorded yesterday, not today. Man, I doing all this new stuff, messing around with things. Published the whole podcast, made just major gaffe effects. I'm like taking it down everywhere. I'm telling David, yeah, no, quit sharing it. I'm deleting it. Go through the process, easy fix, and also easy to screw up and delete everything. And I'm going to start over. So that's what we're going to do right now on Sunday. Talk about yesterday's intro about the balloon we shot down, what it's all about what the purpose of it is and why we took so long to shoot it down. What was the deal with that? First, I want to remind you, I've warned you before about jumping on bandwagons, believing things people say, especially people that are not experts in their field. For example, I have made no bones about the fact that I was a breacher on a Special Forces ODA team. I am not a Green Beret and I'm not Special Forces. I worked as a door kicker and breacher for them and they came along with us on some missions and I went and did missions with them. This went on and off for a few months or on and off all the time during a few months period. It was a great time. Met a lot of people really want to do that in my career. I did that stuff, but I don't talk about it a lot because I'm not an expert in the same way. I don't think those guys should be trying to talk about Intel when people that really think everything they say come out of their mouth is gold. Want to, you know, high five them on their YouTube channels or whatever, but they don't know what they're talking about. The other thing is to remind you that don't jump on the bandwagon of Russia's evils, China's evil. They're dumb. They're not as smart. There's a lot of things going on here and things to unpack and look at to realize this is not as simple as it seems. First of all, a lot of people are laughing at the balloon thing. Here's a fun fact. You know who else used spy balloons and actually has a few billion dollars in spy balloon and inflatable surveillance apparatus projects for 2023? The United States. We use them too. Why are they used? Well, they're a little difficult to be seen by radar. There's that. Number two, let's look at how, if you haven't figured it out yet, you should have figured out now, how do we get our information? It sure shit ain't the news. If you look 
at how this got discovered in the United States because some people in Montana shot on their cell phones because even though it was 60,000 feet, they could see it because they said it was about the size of three buses. Three buses are about 115, 120 feet long at most. They're extended size buses. For those who have been deployed in the Middle East or been down on the Mexico border and seen the aerostat, those little blimps, those things are 35 meters, magically about the same size. So three buses aren't actually bigger. I think the aerostat's actually bigger than three buses. Another thing to point out is this is not new. There was one seen in Hawaii, at least one, maybe two. Several have been seen in Taiwan. In fact, almost exactly a year ago, they were seen in Taiwan. And for some reason, Taipei at least publicly came out and said, yeah, we're, we're buying them meteorological purposes. Here's another story uh, or another fun fact. That thing has been in the air for over a month, if you knew that. They floated it sometime in December and went up through the northeast, through the Aleutian Islands, into eastern Alaska, where it did a little loop-de-loop and came back down through Mont or Canada into Montana, through some of the central plain states to Missouri heading east, heading towards South Carolina. So it's been up there for a while. Interesting if you take a look at the map that it was only in the United States for a certain amount of time, but in some of the other places longer. We should also note that while people tend to lie, mislead, deceive, or use political statements to their advantage, both sides do it. So, for example, some statements, fact, truth, whatever you want to call them. I mean, some are facts, some are truth. When the United States military comes out, members of the military come out and say, hey, look, it's not really a significant threat as far as intelligence collections. That is a fact. It's really not. Number two, it was never going to leave this country. Fact. We were always going to shoot that down. We stated early on, while I was still in Montana, heading south, we started talking about not taking it down or, or going back to those statements saying, interested in the debris field, and it hurting people. Okay, that there, there's truth in that. Those are some of the most least populated areas, even in Canada, whether Canadians consider it or not. More of a fact is once that debris field lands, we have to control that area and can go on private property. This causes all kinds of issues. There's been issues with that in the last few years over other subjects. We've had issues going back into the 1950s with that. Nobody wants to mess with that. So what do you do? You allow it to go into waters in the first 12 miles, not international waters, shoot it down minimize the debris field. You can secure that area very simply. Not a lot of people can get out there. Coast Guard and U.S. Navy can go out there and keep people away. They don't have a choice. It's, you don't have to deal with maritime law. You don't have to deal with international waters. You don't have to deal with private property. A whole lot of things you don't have to deal with, which is why we waited until then to shoot it down, which is so obvious that a lot of these guys, especially we're in the military, whatever, should have figured that out. But here's some other things to consider too. Taking a look at China. So, Let's talk about Iran. So Iran has, uh, we'll talk about their missile technology. Two, three years ago, it was kind of big in the news. They were shooting missiles over, I think, into Saudi, some Gulf states, even Northern Africa. They weren't hitting nothing. They were going way off course. Everybody was giving them a hard time. So a lot of their technology comes from North Korea. Now, I'm not sure how much of the missile versus the flight guidance technology comes from them. Some comes from China. Some comes from other places. The thing to understand about that situation is, they had missiles that were capable, clearly, of making that flight because they did. But their guidance systems only went like one-third the way. So you could aim it, but you're only guaranteed one-third the way. The rest of that, you were hoping for the best. That compares to Chinese technology because there's things that they are leaders in in the world, like the use of AI. They've One of the biggest exporters of AI for surveillance and security purposes It's heavily involved in their surveillance package and their surveillance state big into facial recognition. They're even doing what they call emotional recognition now, which they claim is has a high degree of accuracy. Probably over claiming that. They tend to do that a lot, but I bet it gets there. 
and they use it all over the world. They have the largest intelligence reach, I guess I'll say. They can reach more places than anybody on the planet. Not really because of their numbers, but because they monitor citizens and people of Chinese ancestry, even if they never set foot in the country. Plus all the stuff they do through surveillance. And we talked about things like TikTok. You know, they're overwhelming themselves with aggregated data, but they have a very large reach like that. But technology-wise, nobody touches CIA in America. Nobody. Nobody in America touches CIA. It's amazingly advanced. Put it in comparison, there is technology we've had. I mean, there's technology we had decades ago where satellites could read title lists on a golf ball sitting in a blade of grass. You know, supersonics flights, taking the photos, doing the film. We can watch. In some places, it's sometimes under certain circumstances, we can watch essentially live feeds of everything going on in different, whether it's thermal, infrared, or looking like you're watching from a camera. Depending on what it is, where you're at, there's capabilities to do such things. However, comma, while Chinese has a lot of this advanced stuff, some of their stuff is still primitive. Like, they still have some technology they use, whereas why we're watching real-time feeds of videos, they're taking a picture like every 45 seconds, printing them out, laying them out, and trying to track patterns and movements of things. So some of their stuff is amazingly old and outdated. Some of it's not. Things we know about this spy balloon, solar-powered, because of the technology and ability we have to see things, we can, of course, look at it with all kinds of technology, and we can tell with a high degree of accuracy, at least what we can see, what it is, what it's capable of doing. Of course, we now know or are starting to learn whatever else was inside we couldn't physically see. It's highly unlikely they had any sort of connectivity uplinks for a live feed. They could have been trying to broadcast stuff to satellites as possible. May have happened. I doubt it, but it could be there. Another thing to look at is them saying they couldn't control it, which is not what they said. They actually said they have minimal ability to steer or control it. Okay, don't write that off. Again, going back to technology, that's totally believable. What's important about that statement is what's not said. What they're saying is we definitely could control this before and to a much higher degree of accuracy. Now they're talking about jet stream and stuff, and that probably has a little to do with it, but it's also a good way to cover your movements. Of course, it didn't work because we said, no, that's not working. But we're able to tell just by looking at it that they are in control. Not to mention some of our single intercept stuff, depending on the technology they're using, we may be able to track and intercept some of that stuff while it's going. Additionally, looking at reasons why we'd wait to shoot it down. We're never going to let it leave U.S. airspace. China cannot come into the airspace and get it, so we're going to shoot it down right at the very end. What are the advantages of this? One, we get to see its flight path because we believe it's being at least minimally, if not totally controlled. And we'll be able to determine that once we have cleared the debris field and picked everything up. So we have that going for us. We'll collect all the equipment in there. We'll get to see what equipment they're using, what versions of it they are, how advanced and minimal their technology is. We'll get to see the information they collected, the stuff that's stored on hard drives or on video or on photo. We'll get to look at everything they're doing. This gives us a lot of intel on them to see what they're doing. One of the biggest things that's come out, and I've talked about this, is how they've gone heavily after aerospace and people in aerospace corporations. It's not the only thing. David Robertson talks a lot about what China's doing, what they've done with BRICS nations and the economy and the Silk Road and stuff all over the world. All that stuff's important to them. The reason why we need all this stuff to see what we're doing, it helps us keep current on what they're collecting and what they're doing. And they're not getting much from us. And the thing is, we likely knew very early on that my guess is, I believe this to probably be the case that whatever they were getting with that balloon was not being transmitted anywhere it's possible it was but figuring it wasn't and if it was being transmitted we were able to stop it and jam it the other thing is to look at technology they have available what are its true capabilities 
Everybody focused on nuclear stuff. Okay, so those are strategic sites. Yes, they were collecting on that, of course. But they're not collecting on one thing. Intel doesn't work that way. We have a thing called requirements. I've talked about these before. Requirements are a list of things a decision maker is required to know in order to make decisions, make recommendations, take action, do predictive analysis, and all these other things. There's a long laundry list of these requirements. Depending on your field, you have national requirements listed. You have one specific to your branch of service, your intelligence agency, to your mission, to your immediate commanders, immediate supervisors. There's a ton of them. No matter what you're trying to target or get, you'll take opportunity of anything else that presents itself or come back later and do it. So what are things they could be looking at? So with aerospace, so obviously we have all this nuclear stuff. Then we have other aerospace, like other airfields, civilian airfields, civilian aircraft, FAA. Remember the FAA grounded it? There's a reason they did that so late in the game and not early because it's something we discovered. There's also other Air Force bases. One of the types of technology they use that exists has to do with over-the-horizon technology, has to do with using radio waves to bounce off the ionosphere to gain intelligence information, reflections of stuff over things you can't see past due to line of sight, like, say, mountains. One of the things I considered I was telling David about was I was looking a few hundred miles, because I'm not sure the total distance capability of these, of what was there. We also have transportation routes. You know, trucking and trains are one of the biggest things that transport goods and services in this country and throughout North and South America at least North and Central, that would be invaluable information. The other thing is they're saying it's a weather balloon. I guarantee there's going to be weather meteorological data on there because they're going to collect that the whole way. And they're going to see what's happening here. I mean, look at all the crazy weather stuff that's happened, out of season stuff, extreme heat, extreme cold, seeing what that's doing. We've had things here where we had the bird flu and other livestock and agricultural stuff and limitations, stuff due to um, import-export changes because of inflation. They would be looking at all that like, is the corn growing? Are the cows mooing? What's going on? They would collect all that information that they could, anything they can see. Not to mention going back to things like emotional recognition or at least facial recognition, other that stuff. Depending on the camera capabilities they have on there, which they do have the stuff, don't know if it's on that balloon, they could be looking at people trying to use that to gain more information to make those things work or more information to make it work for kind of the Western European male ideal and not the Eastern Asian um, type facial expressions and stuff, trying to determine that stuff, trying to get information. They're doing it with so many other things. These are all very strong possibilities, and most of these are highly likely. There is an unlimited amount of information they collect, and a lot more they're likely targeting, and we're going to find that out, and it's going to help us out to a great deal. One of the reasons they'll also use things like a balloon is it can be unmanned, but try to tell a story. It's not controlled. It's not something that typically is going to be considered an act of war. It's a little safer that way. They're going to believe, and most people will try to spin the story, even we would. It's a little easier to explain technological failures. You know, we don't know what we're doing. The wind got it. The batteries died and it went off course. Even if the other team knows that that's garbage, it gives you a better plausible thing than to say, I mean, imagine if a Chinese fighter jet got inside our borders, especially over our country or over Hawaii. If that even happened, which probably wouldn't, that would be huge. Like you cannot explain that away the same way as a balloon that's been floating around for a month, by the way, right? People heard about this because the photos put on Twitter in Montana. This thing's been in the air for a month. Now, something else to consider, two possibilities. One is we actually have known for a while and we're just waiting until somebody said something. That's very possible. Another thing though to understand is late detection, even by our own country, is very possible. 
came for Canada. So there's an ungodly amount of money that gets requested for like Department of Defense and Intelligence Services and activities and things that we do. Things are costing more. They're more expensive and not because of inflation. This has always been the case. But when you have different priorities, you have to prioritize your money to those priorities and what what the goals are. It's, it's no different than running a business. Not like the way the government runs. Most of these agencies run their business side of it, money better than government does. They run it like a better business does. You know, military runs it like government terribly. Agencies tend to do a little bit better work. But we have shortages of capabilities in certain areas where it's entirely possible it wasn't seen. Like, if you think back, always use a movie references. Think back to movie Armageddon. They're like, you know, why didn't we see this asteroid the size of Texas coming? He's like, well, our budget's this much. We can only track like 3% of the sky, and it's a pretty big sky, and so we had to prioritize. Like, that's entirely realistic. Another thing, too, about checking it, shooting down and stuff. At 60,000 feet, that's not an easy feat. What I mean by that is there are only certain aircraft that are capable of doing that at the height. Like, I think the F-15 can and the F-22, which is getting ready to retire. So there's only certain ones that will go up that high. The other thing, too, is they talk about the debris field and damage. You know, it's about control of the debris because it damages people. But something else to consider is very realistic. You're going to shoot that thing down. So it's probably helium-based, we'll say. I don't know, depending on how its power source works, whether or not bullets would make that come down. You know, and then where are those bullets going to go, which may not be a big deal. But then let's say you have to take it down with some sort of missile and you have that debris field whether or not that works, wherever that missile goes or the debris from that, that could be a problem. Depends on how it's getting taken out. The other thing you have to consider is if you shoot it down over water and you can recover it more easily, depending on if you can calculate trajectory and whether or not it'd be lower might change what can actually be used to shoot it down, especially things like surface air missiles. So surface air missiles aren't real prevalent in the United States deployed for defensive capabilities. They're just not there. But they are there on naval ships. Now, that doesn't really matter so much because we know we used fighter jets to shoot it down. But that minimizes where any debris from the ordnance could go is it'll go in the water and that could be a lot safer if there is any debris from that whatsoever, depending on what they used. It's just to point out and say there's a lot of considerations people have to look at to determine what they're going to do and when. But it's funny if you watch the news clips and the timing of the news clips, it makes it look like it's all over Twitter or whatever. And then it's in Missouri somewhere in that time zone approaching the eastern time zone makes it look like that's when the president finally hears about it which is really isn't the case that's when the media was asking him and he's like you know we're going to take a look at it and then it's like yeah yeah i'm telling him you know we're going to do it and then they shoot it down those conversations happened days ago the thing really to point out here is china's gotten more bold with their collection activities in the intelligence perspective some of that has caused reckless mistakes it's entirely possible they thought they'd get away with this but i i mean they launched it, so I guess they thought thought that, but I don't know why. The other thing is we talked, I don't know, a year or two ago about how they were kicking out people in consulates and embassies in Texas and other locations because they've expanded their opportunities so much of what they're doing for collection, got all over LinkedIn, all of the, and there's so much more out there than that. It's becoming so obvious. We kind of just go after them now and tell them like we know, but they're getting more bold. Why are they doing this? One of the goals of their intelligence services with their reach, realizing the reach they have just through their people to really just monitor their people and get other intelligence. People that are, when I tell you they have a global reach and they're using their citizens or ancestry, people of Chinese ancestry, 
It's not like these people are witting personnel. This is happening without their knowledge in many cases, most cases. Their real goal is taking their surveillance state and making it a surveillance world, worldwide surveillance where they can collect. With their spread of technology and software and facial recognition, all which will have things built into it depending on the hardware package it's on to get stuff even from you and me if we buy it over the counter just like people do with TikTok and they don't want to believe it. They will get that. They'll just have be inundated with this amount of information left to go through. It will probably eventually help them. But like I've said before, a lot of things they do and especially how they run their country and stuff is like a century behind the modern world. So while they're dangerous, they're our largest geopolitical foe. It's a big intelligence focus on China now. Don't blow it out of proportion. Keep perspective. This is the same thing that happened with Russia. A lot of people, even me, thought that war would be over quick. And then it was late spring, early summer, and I was like, yeah, I've changed my mind on that for all these reasons. I went into it later and explained it, even though people were, even now are still saying Russia was going to win. Focusing heavily on why we thought what we did based on old information we weren't really getting more info on anymore and seeing what they'd done in other countries, not really taking into account that we weren't there and who was fighting the Russians, the capabilities of the military and civilians. And then we had to consider what Ukraine may or may not do and what their capabilities are and all the reasons I've discussed before why we haven't gotten involved. But then things changed. Like, arguably Russia's already won. Well, why do I say that? One of the things I said early on is they want Donbass and all that area over there that was ethnically Russian. They've already taken it. Additionally, it's been accepted by the world and just not talked about it. I mean, if you take about, I think, was it David talked about it? There's a paper written by, I think it was Condoleezza Rice, maybe in Gates, Two people from the Hoover Institute. It was a nonsensical paper. It was lobbying for a job, time period that think tanks will do this to parrot other people they believe will be the candidates for the political party because they're looking for future jobs. Not saying they're entirely wrong, but some of it's outdated. There are concerns that are legitimate what they're saying, but most of it is kind of ignoring what's going on there that part of the reason this is still going on is because of everything that we're giving them. You know, we're not ramping it up. We've been giving them stuff constantly. We're just giving plenty of guns. Now we're giving them tanks. Is that ramping them up? Well, no, because we've been talking about that for over a year. We've discussed the training. We've discussed the people that are going there and training them where Ukrainians are going to get training from NATO countries. Like we just don't show up and hand them tanks from a country and say, good luck. And we don't run the training camps necessarily in those countries either because they're at war. These things have been going on. They're getting stuff now to train on or receiving stuff they've been trained on in order to go fight. So again, just an example of understanding that you have to be careful with following biases and what you think about a country, what we believe in. Like I used to say for a couple of years, you know, the big, bad, terror, evil Russian bear thing isn't quite what we think it is. And I said that long before Ukraine. I'm not the only person said that. A lot of people say that. But it's just maintaining a key perspective. Just because somebody wants to do something doesn't mean they're capable or able. And if they're working on the capabilities, doesn't mean that they're finished. And even if they say they're capable, it doesn't mean they're true. And the other thing is we forget a lot what has happened. Just like when China did all those flybys over Taiwan, I was like, hey, here's why they're doing this. Here's why they're interested in Taiwan. And by the way, this happens all the time. There was just extra amount in a month. But at that point, I think it was less than they'd done in an average year. In the same way, these balloons aren't new. Most people heard of them because some people filmed them and put them on TikTok and Twitter. That's why most people heard of it. They were in Hawaii. They're in other Atlantic or Pacific countries, including Taiwan, as I've talked about. They've been all over before. This is not a new thing, and we do it too. 
So hopefully that gives you perspective, understand why we didn't shoot it down. Stuff that's clearly obvious to people that worked in the field should have been obvious to some others. I'm clearly not obvious to everybody, but thanks to understand what we're getting out of it and why we did it. I just think it would have been cooler if they would have had it like in a balloon animal and floating over like a Chinese dragon. And then like his eyeballs were cameras taking photos. Like that'd be badass.